Yes, this is Heirloom Radio, a different kind of oldies program, and I am your oldie host, John Lovering. The first blast from the past is from a rock and roll album made up from bands for folks that are, well, 60 plus years old. We will hear songs from The Grateful We're Not Dead, Earth, Wind, and Fiber, Fleetwood Crack, The Booby Brothers, and that always popular group, Crosby, Still, Nash, and Not So Young. Yes, we have quite a lineup for you today. What? Read the wrong playlist. It's this one. I just read the wrong playlist. Hand me my glasses, will you? <clears throat> well, it seems my producer gave me two playlists and I read the wrong one, so let's try it again. Damn, I thought I was going to get to play two of my favorites. Waking up is hard to do and never-ending stairlift to heaven. Well, maybe another day. The reality is that on this track, I'm going to grant the request for my Mr. Dickhead from Hilton Head, South Carolina, who has requested to hear the Australian radio series produced in the late 1930s, but first broadcast about 1940, entitled The Adventures of Marco Polo. You know, the guy who did the traveling around and stayed at the Kublai Khan in China. And he also wrote all a book about it, his travels of Marco Polo. So he was an explorer, a writer, that kind of thing. Well, that is actually a 52-episode series created by George Edwards, the very same talented gentleman who made many successful multi-episode literary adaptations like Frankenstein, The Corsican Brothers, and a series already on Heirloom Radio, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. George Edwards was referred to as a man with a thousand voices because he often played several characters in a single episode. The Adventures of Marco Polo is a radio adaptation by Maurice Francis from the original book written by, I guess, Marco Polo. Heard in the series is Nell Sterling, Edward's actress wife, Tom Farley, Warren Barry, and Eric Scott. Listeners were attracted to this series because of the high-energy narrative style that allowed the story to highlight action more than talk or dialogue. The series also featured a unique musical score mixing familiar classical pieces with some original scores. The syndicated series was very popular in Australia, and that popularity extended to overseas markets as well because uh, when the recordings were distributed on 16-inch vinyl transcription discs, it was a very popular show. Each episode was about 14 minutes in length, so Heirloom Radio is going to combine two episodes into one track. So when we finish with the series, many months from now, there will be 26 tracks with two episodes each or a total of 52 episodes. The first episode is Kidnapped and Sent to Persia, and that's followed by Seasick on the Voyage. I assume that's on the way to being sent to Persia. So thank you to Mr. Dick Head for Hilton Head from Hilton Head, South Carolina, for suggesting uh, this series. And thank you for listening, and I will leave you with this question. What do fish say when they hit a concrete wall? Damn. Uh-huh. 
now present George Edwards in The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo, a magic name, the name of a man who blazed a trail across the world, who faced unknown dangers and penetrated the mysteries of the East and gave Eastern culture to the early Western civilization. Marco Polo, a gay, dashing cavalier, facing death and danger with a laugh on his lips, living and loving, winning new friendships and new loyalties, and leaving a history of remarkable endurance and heroic endeavor, ranking with the great heroes of the world. Let us take you to Venice in the year 1272. Venice, then the greatest trading center of the world, the head of the world's commerce. Venice, city of busy gondolas plying over sun-kissed waters. And in the heart of Venice, we find the great home of Niccolo Polo, wealthiest of the Venetian merchants. Inside the palatial home, we meet Niccolo Polo in his gown of rich velvet. He is a tall, bearded, distinguished-looking man, and he strokes his short gray beard as he talks with his brother, Matthew. Matthew, my brother, it is high time that my son, Marco, began to take life seriously. We are the owners of a mighty enterprise, built up by our own ingenuity and resource. You are childless. But I have one son whom I hope will one day carry on this enterprise. Ah, your hopes are vain, my brother Niccolo. I tell you now, as I've told you before, that your son Marco is a worthless young scoundrel. Nothing will make him take life seriously. Your judgment is harsh, my brother. I say that Marco is at heart a great adventurer. Ah, a great spendthrift. Hear me, brother. Do you recall when we were lads, we traveled far and wide seeking new avenues of trade for Venice? Our beloved Venice. I remember well. And are we not men who helped to raise Venice to its present magnificence? Can this mighty firm of ours ever be entrusted to the guiding hand of a worthless spendthrift? You shall not speak thus of my son. I know the day will come when he will prove his worth. And I say that day has come. Look you, Matthew. Here is a map of the world. You see me now pointing to the country of Persia. A strange country, ruled over by a Tatar Khan. A country of much danger, but also of much wealth. Why so many words, my brother? You can tell me nothing about Persia. I have long wished to trade there, but the Persians are not well disposed towards us. They are heathens, and I am afraid that rich market is not for us. I am sending my son Marco to Persia. Niccolo, are you mad? Would you send your son to certain death? My son will go to Persia. He will speak with the Khan. And I'm willing to wager you any sum of money you care to name that Marco will win the good graces of the Khan and will found for us a trading post in Persia. Niccolo, you amuse me. <laughs> At one moment you say you have faith in your son, and then you tell me that you will send him to certain death. Know you not that the Persians have sworn to kill all foreigners who set foot on their shores? I say that Marco will go to Persia, and that he will succeed in his mission. Now, Fellow, you old scoundrel, where is my father? I have news for him. Now, do not tell me he cannot be disturbed. 
These long talks on dull business mean nothing to me. Now stand aside, Benno. I must have speech with my father. Hear you that, Niccolo? Your son Marco comes now. Stand aside. Even though he's been told stand we're aside, busily Benno. engaged, it means nothing to him. Stand aside. I tell you he is hopeless. Well, we shall see. My father, my father, I must have speech with you. Marco. How often must I tell you that when I'm in conference with your uncle, I'm not to be disturbed? I will not disturb you for long, Father. Ah, greetings to you, Uncle Matthew. Uh, why do you eye me in that sour manner? Ah, uh, you are a worthless young rascal. Oh, my good uncle, I admit that you are a model of all that is proper. Uh, but would you admit to uh, bring the uncle of a worthless rascal? Ah, uh, you make me tired. Your father is too easy with you. Why do you seek speech with me, Marco? Uh, well, Father... I have decided to marry. My days of recklessness are over. I have discovered the lady of my heart. I intend now to live a quiet life and to turn all my attention to business. Uh, when may I start? So, my son, you have chosen the lady of your heart. And may your father dare to ask her name? Her name is Juliana Vecchi. Ah, that worthless jade. Oh, my Uncle Matthew, my respect for your years prevents me from striking you. But I will not have you speaking thus of the lady of my heart. Peace, Marco. Your uncle meant no harm. I know the lady you have named, and I say she will not be a good wife for you. She is too frivolous. Is it a crime to laugh and to be gay in Venice? It is no crime to laugh, but you have yet to prove yourself, Marco. You are no fit man to offer your hand to any maiden. Your behavior is that of an overgrown child. <laughs> you have no sense of responsibility. Always you talk to me thus. I shall give you a chance to prove your worth. Well, I am anxious to take that chance. Take it, then. It is my desire that you shall leave tomorrow for Persia. P Persia? Oh, Father, you are jesting. I am not jesting. You say that I am to go to Persia? Marco, look at this map. Now, see where I am pointing. Uh -huh. This is the route you shall take. Oh, 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 my good father. I know that you appreciate a joke, but... Let me assure you that I do not appreciate your joke about going to Persia. Uh, why should I uh, go to Persia? Why, I would sooner go to China. Uh, only, of course, I know that is impossible. That is an idea. We might do much trade with China. Now, understand, Father, I am not going to Persia. If I do any work, it shall be here in Venice. Now, I hope to be married within the next few weeks. You are going to Persia, my son. I am not. See, he defies you, my brother. Tell me, Marco. It is seldom that I use my authority with you. It's a great tragedy to me that your mother died when you were but a small child. But you are now a grown man, 18 years of age. And it is time for you to obey my parental orders. I say you go to Persia. And I say I do not. We shall see. Father, it is easy for me to see that you are in no mood to discuss my approaching marriage. <laughs> but I am sorry I spoke to you in anger. But take my advice and forget this idea of sending me to Persia. I shall speak with you another time. I go now to kiss the lily-white hands of my lady-love Juliana. Well, farewell, Father. Smile kindly on me, Uncle Matthew. And do not forget to tell my father that you think I am a worthless scoundrel. <laughs> well, Niccolo, perhaps now you are ready to admit that your son is worthless. My son shall go to Persia, and he will not wed Juliana. You have my word for that, my brother. I shall now send for Benno. He has been Marco's servant these many years, but he will obey my orders, and he will accompany Marco to Persia. Marco Polo left his father's house. 
He ran swiftly down the steps and leapt into his waiting gondola. Then, with a gay song on his lips, he steered the gondola over the sparkling waters to the home of his beloved, Juliana Vecchi. That lady received him gladly. Marco, why have you come again so soon? Because I love you, Juliana. Because not all the waters of Venice, all the words of an angry father, all the jeers of a sour-faced uncle can keep me away from you. Why do you speak thus? Have you not sworn to marry me? I have. You are so gay and happy, Marco, and most of the people in Venice are so dull. <laughs> dull merchants. They talk only of trading and finding new markets for their goods. But we can laugh together, Marco. Yes, my love, we can laugh at life. And now I will tell you something which will make you laugh. Tell me. My father suggested sending me to Persia. <laughs> to Persia? <laughs> Is that oh. not the funniest thing you've ever heard? Your father must have a remarkable sense of humor. Persia of all places. Why, they kill foreigners there. Well, they are not going to kill me. I shall be too far away. Now, nestle in my arms, Juliana. I will say something that will not make you laugh. I love you, Marco. What else do you wish to say to me? Joy of my heart. We shall teach these sour-faced greybeards a lesson. Tomorrow night, in my gondola, we shall elope under the starlit Venetian skies. I will bring the gondola to the steps of your house. You will be waiting. Then together, we shall elope. A priest will be ready to marry us. Does that appeal to you, Juliana? Marco, how wonderful. But tell me this. Will not your father deprive you of his riches if you marry against his will? Oh, my father can forgive me anything. And when the marriage is an accomplished fact, he will accept it. Oh, fear not, my love. We will find happiness and gaiety. And we will always have riches. I am glad of that. In order to enjoy perfect love, one must have riches. They say that poverty kills love. Well, I am told that even poor people fall in love. Oh, I pity them. Now hearken to me, Juliana. I will tell my plans for tomorrow night. We shall take Benno, my trusted servant, with us, and we shall go to a realm of happiness. <laughs> Not to Persia. <laughs> Not to, to Persia. <laughs> <laughs> The next day, Marco Polo spent in preparation for his elopement with Giuliana Vecchi. And as the velvet Venetian night spread a pall of stars over the glorious city of Venice, Marco Polo stepped into his gondola. His servant Benno was awaiting him, and the two men conversed as the gondola glided through the waters towards the steps to Giuliana Vecchi's home. Benno, this is the greatest night of my life. And what a night for adventure, for love. Every star seems to shine down a benediction on me. Soon I will be clasping my beloved Juliana in my arms. I tell you, Marco Polo, you should turn back. No. Oh, the Lady Juliana is a vain, frivolous woman. She will never bring you happiness. Benno, when you speak like that, you sound exactly like my Uncle Matthew. As an old and trusted servant, you have many privileges. But you may not speak against the lady who is soon to be my wife. But have you no thought for your father? He has great hopes for you, Marco Polo. I will not fail my father. Once I am married, he will find that I am a different man. No, you are too young to marry, a mere boy of 18. Those who marry young have more time to enjoy the happiness of marriage. You are old-fashioned, Benno. You must not be jealous of me because you have never married. Have you ever been in love? Only once, and that was with a kitchen maid. 
I used to uh, visit her, and she would prepare succulent morsels to tickle my palate. <laughs> Why did you not marry her? She ran away with a footman, and now she is old and fat and ugly. I think she has forgotten how to cook. Look, is there someone standing on the steps? On the steps? Uh, is it what? Juliana? I see uh, two figures standing on the steps. Perhaps the Lady Juliana brings her maid. Perhaps. Bring the gondola alongside the steps. Is that you, Juliana? What does this mean? There are many men here on the steps. Yes, my son. We have been hiding in the shadows. You men seize Marco Polo and burn him fast. Father, what means this? Father, answer me. Tell me, what does this mean? What does this mean, Father? It means, my son, that you are going to Persia. now present The Adventures of Marco Polo. Marco Polo, intrepid adventurer and explorer, a man who discovered a myriad of strange things in various parts of the world, a man whose stories were disbelieved in the 13th century when he lived. But explorers in latter years proved that Marco Polo had spoken the truth. At the age of 18, Marco Polo was a pleasure-loving, carefree youth who contemplated marriage with a frivolous girl named Giuliana Vecchi. Marco Polo's father, Niccolo, and his uncle, Maffio, desired the young man to take a journey to Persia, but he refused. Marco Polo defied his uncle and his father, and he decided to elope with Giuliana. On the night when the elopement was planned, Marco Polo went with his servant to the steps of Giuliana's home in Venice. And as the gondola drew alongside, Marco Polo was roughly seized, and he heard the voice of his father ordering that he be bound by ropes, and he was told that in spite of himself, he was to be taken to Persia. Hours later, the young man found himself on a vessel, securely bound to a bunk in one of the cabins. Then the door opened, and his father entered. So, Father, you have come at last. I demand to be released. Marco, my son, know you that I have a father's love for you. And because of that love, I must help you to find your manhood. Where are you taking me? You are at present on one of my own vessels, bound for the port of Beirut, from whence you commence your overland journey to Persia. What sort of a father are you to send your son to certain death? Why do you desire to be rid of me? Why do you thwart me in my search of happiness? Know you, Marco, that I would not ask you to go where I will not go. You must learn to bear the burden of your responsibilities, to be proud of your Venetian birthright. I am coming with you to Persia. You are coming with me? Even so. And I am ashamed to think that my son is a coward, afraid to face the dangers of the unknown. Today was to have been my wedding day. But for your interference... I would have been married to Juliana Vecchi by now. A woman who is not worthy of your love. You have not the right to say that. Bid them release me from my bonds. Bid them turn the vessel about. I will be no son to you. Marco, you are my son. And for the sake of your mother whom I love, 
You shall find your manhood. You shall learn that life is not all idle pleasure. I know that this scheme was hatched by my Uncle Mafio, the sour-faced old scoundrel. He would not dare brave this visit to Persia. You will see. Mafio, will you come into this cabin? I come now, brother. So, my Uncle Mafio is aboard the vessel. Well, Marco Polo, it seems that you are a prisoner. Do you return to Venice with this vessel, or do you cross the land with us to Persia, my uncle? I come with you to Persia. When I was your age, I journeyed to many strange lands with your father. I am ashamed that his son is a coward. You shall not call me coward. No one shall call me a coward. Marco, my son, a coward is a man who cannot subdue himself. Now bid me cut these bonds. Tell me that you will be my friend, that you will share with us the dangers of this expedition. Oh, I am so ill. I am not used to the motion of the ship. I fear that I am about to die. Oh, you will not die. See, my son, I cut the bonds which bind you. And by cutting those bonds, you seek my friendship. That you shall not have. I am your prisoner now. But the day will come when I will return to Venice to marry the lady of my choice. Now, you, you are a fool. Gulled by laughing eyes and a pretty face. But mayhap in your travels, reason will return to you. Ah. Turn not away from your father. Speak not to me. Oh, I am dying. Would that the vessel would sink beneath me. I am in agony. You but feel the pangs of seasickness, my son. On the morrow, you shall feel better. We shall leave you now. But remember, all this is being done for your sake. The sea grew rougher, and Marco Polo was ill and miserable. After a few days, however, the vessel found its way to calm waters, and the young man began to feel considerably better. Then he appeared on deck, where he was greeted by his servant, Benno. Marco Polo, my master, I am glad to set eyes on you. Why, Benno, you old rascal! What are you doing on this vessel? Why have you not been in attendance upon me? By your father's orders, a stranger was placed in attendance on you. I believe you have been very ill. Oh, so ill that I thought I was about to die. Where is my father? He stands below with the master of the vessel. They are partaking of food. Uh, strangely enough, I am hungry, Benno. But tell me, what are you doing here? Are you also going to Persia? Your father said that I was to accompany you to Persia. Oh, Benno, is there not some way in which we may escape from this vessel? I must find some way to return to Venice. Oh, Marco Polo, how can you return to Venice? Why do you quarrel with your father? He is a fine man and he wishes you well. But he shall not bend me to his will. Ah. <sighs> I am enjoying the fresh air of the sea breeze. <laughs> All the polos are great travelers. Do you not feel the call of strange lands? No, I wish to return to Venice. Oh, what a pity, Marco Polo. Strange sights are to be seen. Eastern princes, beautiful princesses. Did you say beautiful princesses? Oh, I believe the princesses of the East are of a matchless beauty. And you are well favored, Marco Polo. Hmm, well, I... I have been admired by fair women. Mm, but uh, no women as fair as you see in Persia. 
Oh, I wish to return to Venice. Seek not to tempt me, Benno. Oh, I do not seek to tempt you, Marco Polo. But I have heard your father and your uncle tell many strange tales of the wonders they have beheld. Great castles built of gold and silver. Gold and Beautiful silver. maidens clad in silks and rare satins. Diamonds, rubies, emeralds to feast the eyes upon. Strange sights. You know, Benno... There was a time when I lay ill, when I thought that as soon as I had the strength, I would come up here and hurl myself into the sea. But since listening to you, I... I liked the idea of traveling, seeing strange lands, meeting strange people. The desire to travel, to explore, is in your blood, Marco Polo. Go then, seek out your father. Tell him that you will go willingly to Persia. There are many dangers to be faced, many adventures which will befall you. Dangers and adventures. Something stirs within my blood. I will tell you a secret, Benno. Perhaps in my heart of hearts, I shall enjoy this visit to Persia. But my father and my uncle must not know. They will not think that they have bent me to their will. You are right. They must never know, Marco Polo. But you will not make yourself miserable. You will strive to enjoy this experience. I will enjoy it, I know, but now I am hungry. I have not eaten real food for many days. Oh, go below, Marco Polo. When you come to the first door on your right, you will find food which will satisfy your hunger. Very well, I shall go to eat. Remember, not a word to my father or my uncle. No. They will not think that they have tamed me. Remember? Benno, you have done well. Master Niccolo, did you hear what Marco Polo said? We heard. Did we not, Matteo? <laughs> we heard. We were behind that awning. And I'm beginning to think that mayhap Marco Polo is not as bad as I thought. He is a Polo. He has the blood of adventurers in his veins, Matteo. We shall yet live to be proud of him. Ah, we must not be too sure. He is proud and stubborn. But he must not let us know that we have tamed him. Oh, my heart is happy, brother. Marco Polo will not fail us. Ah, that remains to be proved. We shall see what we shall see. Marco Polo began to take an interest in his surroundings, and gradually he became very friendly with his father and his uncle. At long last, they reached the port of Beermut. Then beasts of burden were procured, and native bearers, and the little party started their long journey overland to Persia. For many days, they traveled across the trackless desert, till at last they came within sight of a huge castle built high on the side of a mountain. Marco Polo walked with his father and his uncle at the head of the little procession. And then suddenly, Niccolo Polo called a halt. stop here. Look you, Maffeo. See that castle on the mountain? Yes, a castle of ill repute. Why, it is the biggest castle I have ever seen. Built behind a veritable wall of rock. Uh, what prince lives there, father? A prince by the name of Aloadin. He is better known as the old man of the mountain. By all reports, a wild and lawless prince. We have traveled these many days without seeing other human beings than our servants. I crave for some adventure. Oh, patience, Marco. 
We will meet with adventures soon enough. Mm, I thought we would have uh, excitement on this voyage instead of this tiresome traveling by day and night. Well, let us proceed upon our way. Uh, a moment. First, let us question Benno. He speaks the language of these people. He will know the story of the old man of the mountain. Come forward, Benno. I come, Master Mafio. Uh, that castle is owned by the Prince of Lowerden? Uh, yes. The bearers tell me he is a wealthy prince who keeps a large army. He makes his wealth by robbing passers-by. We would do well to go around the foot of that mountain, my masters. If we fall into the hands of Prince Alloradin, he will rob us of our goods and show no mercy. Uh, tell me more about this, Prince Benno. How is it you know these many things? Oh, I have made many trips with your father before. This prince is known as the Old Man of the Mountain. Oh? He holds that mountain fortress against all comers. It is said that the interior of the castle is built of gold, silver, and precious stones. Precious stones? All treasures which have been robbed from travelers. They say that the Khan of Persia has tried many times to bring about the downfall of the old man of the mountain, but always he has failed. Would the Khan of Persia be grateful to us if we brought about the downfall of the old man of the mountain? Oh, in truth, he would be grateful, but we are a small party. How could we bring about the downfall of the old man of the mountain? Brave not, Marco. We do not wish to make enemies. We wish to make friends. Come, let us proceed with our journey. See, armed horsemen are approaching us. We are being surrounded. Adventures at last. These men wear the green turbans. They are the soldiers of the old man of the mountain. This means that we shall all die. Stand fast. We will not show fear. Thank you for your visit. Good day. <laughs>